This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Welcome back. This is Plainly Down a Rabbit Hole, the podcast which hopes to stimulate your interest in something or other and then send you off um, onto the internet to look for more information. Uh, well, we've got Lou here. Hello, Lou. Hello. Uh, I hope you're very well and doing well. And so I on. am doing well. Thank yes, you. because actually Lou won't be well by the end of the week. LAUGHTER <laughs> Uh, and that's that's because Lou is going into hospital and having an operation on Friday. Yes. So the past two weeks have been full of ups and downs for both of us, but especially Lou. Unfortunately, she never did get her operation. It was postponed at the last moment. As it turned out, she had plenty to occupy her. You know how life is like that. Anyhow, these ups and downs might be reflected in today's broadcast. Mostly it's me, with a few interludes from Lou. And of course there will be music. For this broadcast we will tackle the difficult subject of COVID-19 vaccination hesitancy. I think, first of all, Lou, if you don't mind, I'm, I'd like to tell a little story. Oh, stories are good. Once upon a time. <laughs> Once upon a time, <laughs> there was a little boy born. Let me just uh, check when that was. He was born in 1749. And he was born in a little place called Berkeley, uh, which is in Gloucestershire, I believe, in England. This is a part of Britain that's rural, and Edward enjoyed nature. In fact, it became a lifelong passion of his, um, though as a, a pastime rather than as a career. But uh, he was fascinated by the, the natural world. Inquisitive young man. Did pretty well at school and, uh, and then went as an apprentice to a local surgeon. That was uh, the way those days that uh, one passage to becoming a doctor. And he spent eight years uh, learning his trade. And he must have been pretty pretty good at it, because after the eight years, he then got another position, but this time in London, with a senior, well-respected surgeon, very well-respected surgeon. And the surgeon's name was John Hunter. Hunter became Edward's mentor and friend until uh, Hunter died. He was uh, quite a bit older than uh, Edward. This was really, really important on the career of Edward because Hunter had three virtues that he adhered to in his practice. He believed in the disciplined power of observation, the sharpening of critical facilities and a reliance on experimental investigation. And those three pillars 
Edward also took on in his own practice. After three years with John Hunter, he returned back to uh, the country, to Berkeley, where he was born and grew up, and he practiced there. He, For his day, he was, uh, he was a good uh, doctor, and it is also at a time where the medical profession is changing. People were much more inquiring and testing uh, hypotheses and so on. And, of course, this suited the now young man, uh, Edward, very well. But he was also popular with his patients. They, um, they took to him. They liked him. He had a good heart. During this period, one terrible killer of people and um, leaving dis- disfigurement, even if you did survive it, was smallpox. It killed roughly 10% of the population. Uh, and there was really no treatment uh, that was effective anyway. But Edward, because of his inquiring mind, his precise observations and experimentation, he noticed that certain people never got smallpox. And on further investigation, he realised that these were women who were milkmaids. Not all of them. But when he investigated further and asked these women, he discovered that these women had all had something called cowpox, uh, which is rather similar to smallpox in that you get skin lesions and you feel pretty awful, but it doesn't kill you. It's a very sort of mild form of smallpox. So he thought that that was really interesting. Now, no, you could give this similar disease, which wouldn't kill you, would make you feel ill for a bit, but it wouldn't kill you. And then you won't get the one that could kill you. How Ooh. brilliant is that? So that's what he experimented with. He took some pus from a cow made and put it into a young boy's arm. The young boy then fell sick. Not severely sick, but certainly you know, feeling unwell. And then after the 10th day, he was fine. A few weeks later, Edward came back. And now, clearly there's no ethics committee, he gave the boy deliberately smallpox. Wow. And the boy was fine. Nothing happened. And that was, that was the turning point. That man, Edward, went on to spread the news of this new, such effective treatment... He never did it for money. In fact, his uh, own surgery got neglected. He was heading for financial distress. The government came to his aid, the British government. They uh, gave him £10,000 and then uh, a few years later gave him a further, further £20,000, which back in the 18th century is, you know, obviously... Huge. Yeah, a large amount of money. But rightly so, because this man single-handedly has saved so many lives around the world. I mean, smallpox actually has now been eradicated, the first disease ever to be eradicated. And who is he? His full name is Edward Jenner. And I think we should all remember Edward Jenner. He's, He's had an impact on all of our lives. 
maybe after the pandemic, we should suggest having a a global national day of celebration. Yes. And let's call it Jenna Day or something. (laughs) I find it very interesting that smallpox continued around the world for Mm. 100, 150 years more after his discovery of this vaccine. But the vaccine wasn't taken up. And there are there are very interesting stories about how in the twentieth century how it was needed from village to village. A village would be educated and vaccinated and then when the next village heard about this village no longer suffering from smallpox, then the next village would put their hand up and be interested in the vaccine to to help eradicate this horrific disease. Yes. So, but really what we would like to talk today about is, of course, the current vaccine all in the news everywhere, the COVID-19 vaccine. We really want to talk about, well, how important it is that we get vaccinated. Why, why is it so important? And helping people who are well there's some people that are uh, you perhaps describe and often do get described as being um vaccination hesitant Mm. but anyway look uh, let's come back to that in a moment i think we should actually go for a piece of music i was looking around for any pieces of music that have been written to encourage people to get the vaccination i didn't find very many tracks that i thought were particularly good This is probably the best one. I expect you've heard that Dolly Parton has supported the American vaccine programme through donations of money and her time. But she's also been happy to allow her song Jolene to be parodied. Here is the YVR pop choir with vaccine stroke Jolene. Please note there are a few bleeped words in this song. I hope you don't get offended. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. I'm begging of you, please don't hesitate. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. When it's your turn. Vaccine, 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 vaccine. 
turn, go get it, please don't wait. Ooh, we're almost in, we're almost free. Don't you f it up for me. There's no buffet in quarantine vaccine. I had to have this talk with you. Humanity depends on you. For the love of God, go get your damn vaccine. Vaccine. COVID-19 vaccination program to be effective, we need to reach a level of at least 75%, but preferably 85% of the population to receive both of their vaccinations. That level would provide herd immunity, so that in effect everyone has protection from catching the illness or at least not dying from it. This is obviously going to be harder to accomplish in some countries than others. For example, there's problems associated with cost, logistics and subsequent availability. But the issue I would like to address today are the concerns that many people have about the safety and effectiveness of the various COVID-19 vaccines, with an emphasis on the picture here in New Zealand. Of course, there's a wide range of how individuals feel about the vaccinations. Some people would stand in a long queue being battered by rain and a cold wind in order to get their injection. But at the other end of the spectrum are those people who are often called anti-vaxxers. I don't know that anybody is quite sure how many people fall into this latter group here in this country, but maybe around 1-3% to 3% of the total population. Their extreme position seems virtually immovable, because their anti-vaccine position is usually based on conspiracy theories and mistrust of official sources of information. Instead, they rely on each other to circulate and affirm unverified personal opinions rather than facts. It's important, though, to realise that there are many people, I'm not sure how many, but it would be pretty common, that have concerns about this COVID-19 vaccination programme that's about to roll out, and they are not necessarily anti-vaxxers. So I think the first thing is, if you hear someone raising concerns, don't immediately jump to that conclusion that they're taking an extreme view. Secondly, and related, we need to be able to listen carefully to each other. Having concerns is not a stupid position to take. If anything, it's quite the opposite. Asking questions and looking for reliable information is simply sensible and proactive. So 
how can we best go about that? It's clear that I'm pro-vaccination, but I'm not going to tell you the reasons that you should agree with me, tempting though this may be. Partly this is because it's not practical, this programme's not long enough, and why would you trust me anyway? I'm no longer a practising nurse. If you're not sure about getting the jab yourself or making that decision on behalf of family members, I would highly recommend that you take a little bit of time and effort. I realise this may not be very easy. We're all very busy. But this is so important that you should try to find the time to look for the information. Maybe use the internet if it's a reliable source. Who wrote and published the website? Can you trust it? Does it match up with other reliable websites? And secondly, look for a date of publication. Actually, when I think about it, when visiting any website, this procedure, checking your source and checking the date of the information, is a valuable thing to do. Particularly, of course, if it's a factual site. I'll be putting some links on the uh, Plainly Down a Rabbit Hole Facebook page um, that may be helpful when looking for information about the vaccine. Or maybe you'd rather talk to somebody about your concerns, in which case your, fir your first port of call should be your GP or surgery nurse. And as we get closer to the New Zealand rollout, other avenues may well be made available. Well, let's have a piece of music. Um, one thing's for sure, with our present technology, the vaccination programmes are our best chance to control COVID-19. So with that in mind, here's Billy Bragg with Tomorrow's Going to Be a Better Day. To the misanthropic misbegotten merchants of gloom who look into their crystal balls and prophesy our doom let the death knell chime it's the end of time let the cynics put their blinkers on and toast our decline don't become demoralized by this chorus complaint it's a sure sign that the old world is terminally quaint And tomorrow's gonna be a better day No matter what the siren voices say Tomorrow's gonna be a better day We're gonna make it that way Every day we make our way to hell in a handcart 
And the snarky said Who's snapping to get Anyone who sticks their head above the parapet Oh, don't be disheartened, baby, don't be Take it from someone who knows the glass is half full and tomorrow's gonna be a better day. No matter what the siren voices say, tomorrow's gonna be a better day. We're gonna make it that way. remain unsure about getting the vaccination, try talking to people who have been vaccinated and whose judgment you trust. Ask them how they made up their mind and what was it like to get the vaccination? How did they feel afterwards? And any other questions that you might have. On our Facebook page, I will leave a link to an American woman who pondered long and hard about her position and exactly why she ended up actually getting vaccinated. Maybe have a read. I do think such stories can actually be really helpful. When it comes down to it, human beings, while motivated by their own self-interest, are also very much social beings. And with this vaccination programme, we need to harness both of those aspects of being human. We get the vaccination to protect ourselves, but also to protect the loved ones in our lives, our family, our close friends, and indeed their families and close friends, which translates, in, of course, into our communities and indeed our whole nation. It's both an individual responsibility, but at the same time, a social responsibility. While I was born in Britain, as you can tell, I am now a citizen of New Zealand. And I must say that the response to the global pandemic here in New Zealand has been so amazing that I have felt particularly proud of our country and how we responded, all of us. Perhaps the downside to this when it comes to the vaccination programme is that we've had it pretty easy. In fact, when you look at other countries around the world, we've had it really easy here. That is not, by the way, to dis distract from those people who have really suffered. They've lost their businesses, livelihoods and so on. My heart really does go out to you. But as a whole country, we have fared extremely well. Could it be that this has an impact on our vaccination rate, that we might become complacent? Let's not go down that route. Instead, let's take the positive 
road. We did this, well, Aucklanders did it two or three times, but as a country, we all did it once with going into lockdown. Can we come together again in solidarity to get 85% of the population fully vaccinated? I really hope so. Let's have another song. And this seems quite appropriate because we need each other like we did during the pandemic. So I'll let Sandro Cabaza introduce his own song. Guys, this is a happy song that I wrote during this pandemic just to cheer myself up and hopefully you guys as well. It's called Lean On Me. If you're feeling down and all alone And you got nowhere to go Let's have a little conversation Cause every time I'm feeling low I'm swinging it up till I'm good to go It don't have to be complication And if you smile, I, I, I've been washed away If you cry, I, I, almost every day You'll always have a friend in me When you're lost, when you're scared When you're broke beyond repair You can lean on me Yeah, you can lean on me And when you're sad and insecure Time to say goodbye. Bye, so, everybody. Um, thank you ever so much for listening. I'll be back in two weeks with the um, plainly a music rabbit hole, and uh, otherwise, and then after that, another two weeks, and we'll hopefully both be here. So uh, look after yourselves. Get vaccinated. Bye. Get vaccinated. Bye. Get vaccinated. Bye. Get vaccinated.
so I can get back to you.